everybody. My name is Jamie Dew. And I'm Joe Fondo. And today we welcome you back to our podcast, Towel in the Basin. Yeah, so Jamie, I have a question about death. You've mm-hmm. said on the podcast before multiple times, and I've heard you say this, that you think about death a lot. <laughs> and you you've you always clarify it. You're not like creepy. Yeah. Uh, you're not morbid. Meaning I'm not like normally sitting there thinking about, death. yeah, like how am I dying? Am I in <laughs> right. pain or no? Is, I'm not, is I don't there going to be that. an impaling in my future? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so my question, my question about death, how do you process Death. All right. Now, and, and here's what I mean. As a pastor, mm-hmm. right, um, as a person in a position to counsel others, even now, mm-hmm. you know, as a seminary president, you still counsel a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? You're, yes. you're the leader and all this kind of stuff. And so how do you process death mm. personally? Is this really difficult? Do mm. you, do you, have you found something that works? I mean, yeah. talk about that. Uh, truth be told, for much of my life, and much of my ministry, uh, not well. I mean, I mm. didn't process it very well at all. I did, um, I think I've mentioned this before, in the church I pastored, and I've done funerals since then too, but in the church I pastored in an eight-and-a-half-year window of time, I did 60 funerals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I was, with a, a, I was with and around people a lot during the end of their life and sort of got, you know, as a pastor... I wasn't ready for this. I didn't feel prepared for this out of seminary. I mean, I yeah. knew I was going to do a funeral and that'd be sad and all those things, but my goodness, the amount of time I spent around it uh, f- caused me, or well, I've always been the kind to think about death, but sure. it, I would say amplified my thought about death. And um, you kind of have this front row seat mm. uh, where it feels like often you're staring into the abyss. Mm. And there are a wide assortment of experiences that you have in that that are good and bad. I mean, there's a real sense in which death is horrible and terrible, and there's also a very real sense in which there's something beautiful about this moment. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you're sitting there having a front row seat to all of these things, and your heart's constantly broken. You're encouraged, and at some point, you do enough of them, it just begins to have a cumulative effect on what you're doing and how you're thinking about those things. And so, um, yeah, that definitely was a season of time where that that thought about death was amplified and I struggled with it. Um, I became a bit of a hypochondriac. You really? Know? Oh, yeah, and just bothered me. Like and, how am I going to die kind of thing? Well, just every so much, time you or? feel a new pain in your side, oh, my gosh, I have cancer. And, right. Uh, no, you just have gas um, right. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or anytime you feel a bump somewhere, you know, you're immediately, you, you, your it's wife tumor, is yeah. late from some appointment and you've, in yeah. your mind, you've she's dead and you've buried her four times. You know, it's just, stop, dude. Right, stop. Um, I almost died a couple years ago. and uh, Did that change things? It definitely changed things. I mean, there was something to be said for getting close to the edge of it. And then... Uh, now, this was like a sickness. I had a... I won't gross our listeners out, but I had a artery burst in my large intestine, just okay. unwarning, no warning, no pain, no nothing. Just all of a sudden one day I'm hemorrhaging. And I ended up in the hospital for a month, had some big surgeries to fix some things and super painful, hard recovery, spent five days in ICU, bled out basically, lots and lots of blood did transfusion. They think you, did they think you were going to die? Uh, I mean, it was getting rocky there for sure. I mean, so they, so anyway, they gave me a bunch of blood to have to, yeah, because I was bleeding out so fast. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was scary. And, but you know, I had a sense during that season that I don't know how to explain it other than I felt the nearness of Christ and that was enough. So, 
you know, from all those experiences, you've uh, yeah, I've I've changed and and I've 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 grown in ways. I still I still do think about death all the time. I think to answer the question, uh, that's a little bit of a backstory there. Um, how do you process it? I do after thinking about it from all these different angles and ways and being around it so much and just listening to the things that people say. There's um, there seems to be as a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. uh, a almost a an attempt to soften death that I don't know anybody would ever intend it to be this way that cheapens death, mm. right? We, 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 you know, soften it, anesthetize it in ways that make it seem like it's, you know, only a positive thing. But death really is a, a an enemy, mm. right? I mean, the the Bible doesn't describe death, and in, in it describes death as not being the final word. Mm. It describes death as having lost its sting. But it still describes death as an enemy to us, yeah. right? I mean, this is what we've got to remember is that this isn't, you know, what's supposed to happen. This I mean, is a disruption. Right. I mean, Lazarus died. Right. And Jesus cried. Right. There's a weeping to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he even knew what was going to happen next. Right. <laughs> and still right. there was the pain. There's the pain. And much of his pain there is because he's watching the brokenheartedness mm-hmm. of the people that he loves. But you know it is an enemy, and whatever mm-hmm. we say here, I don't think you, I don't think we're helping ourselves by, because I don't know the word when we cheapen it and we try to soften it. I don't know that we're allowing ourselves to to actually process the emotions that need to actually mm-hmm. get processed. So look, the fact is, death is a disruption. Death is a ripping apart. Mm-hmm. Not only is it an emotional disruption to us, it is a ripping apart of our very self. I mean, yeah. the body and soul come together, and the human person is there, and then in death, these two get ripped apart from yeah. each other. So there, there is that, that. So I'm saying that not to try to underscore the bad part of this, but we do need to grapple with it for what it is. It is an enemy. It is a disruption to us. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, we have to rest in and have confidence in the work of Jesus Christ our Lord with full confidence that it is not the final word. Mm-hmm. It is not the end. Um, it is simply a disruptive phase that mm-hmm. uh, we lament and that we mourned. Um, but it's not the final word. Christ mm-hmm. is going to come back, and our bodies are going to be raised, and our body and soul are going to come back together, and we shall live again. And so I think we've got to put our minds there. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a question. You mentioned earlier about how you did not process death well at first. Mm-hmm. When you when you said that, did you mean that you kind of dismissed it, diminished it, or was it one of these things where it maybe even had an outside mm. outsized proportion? It definitely, on yeah, you? it had an outsized proportion impact on me for sure. But I think part of the reason I was struggling is because while I'm around it so much and front row seat to it, and and not just by the way being around like you know dead bodies or something at funeral homes, I mean watching people's emotional responses through the journey of death, the person dying and their loved ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I've been around people that died with incredible grace and peace where mm-hmm. it was just clearly a supernatural gift that they they knew they were dying and they yeah. were okay with that. Yeah. And they knew they were going to be, be with Christ. And it's still hard and it's still difficult, but man, there's a beauty there. Yeah. And watching the family in those moments is, can, be, can be a glorious testimony. But then I have to admit, it's not always that way. Yeah. I've watched people die and they weren't okay with it. To um, people dying. And to people dying and their yeah. family. They're yeah. genuinely not okay with this. And even up into the final moments, they mm-hmm. are 
they are disturbed by this reality. And, you know, it's super easy for people to in, to infer things about those dying people as to whether or not – that I think that's unfair. Mm. You know, even right. if this brother or sister was a, clearly a born-again Christian and we have every reason to think that he or she's in heaven right now, what I'd want to say to those families is this is a disruption. Yeah. So it's not going to be surprising, therefore, that people may very well wrestle with those things. And so – but th- that factor right there, do, do they have a peace about it for God or do they not? Man, you watch that happen enough times, it'll rattle you, mm. you know, and the cumulative effect of all this over time. So it definitely had an outsized proportional weight in my mind. But the other side of that was I think it's because I was feeling that massive weight and trying to process it with the typical cliches yeah. and bumper stickers that, frankly, against the weight of all of that, just sort of melt away. Yeah, And... uh yeah, I didn't find that our standard ways of saying things, our cutesy things that we'll say about things in death, were helpful um, God or need encouraging. More yeah, God, yeah, things of that nature. We our 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 theology can get very strained in these moments. Now, I don't want to be critical or a jerk sure. to those people. Who say that. they're just coping. Sure, exactly. Because right. this is a heavy thing, and, exactly. and people say things that can be not helpful, but. Uh, I think all, all of what I'm trying to say here is that, look, I do think we have to allow – I've said this on some other podcasts – you have to allow each moment to have its place. There really is something genuinely heavy and disruptive and, and hard mm-hmm. about this moment. And we've got to let ourselves grapple with that, own that, and feel that for a moment. But then we also do have to, at some point, turn our minds now and our hearts now to the hope of Christianity and the hope of Christ. And, you know, he he does say to Lazarus, his family, you know, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he shall die, yet he shall live. Do you believe this? Mm -hmm. And that question, do you believe this, is I think the question we've got to come to. Given a season where there's real weight there, uh, do you believe this? And if so, we turn our hopes. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4, because of that hope, we don't grieve Mm -hmm. as those who have no hope. We do grieve, but we, do. we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Yeah. If we believe this, he will come again, he will raise us up, and Paul says, comfort each other with these words. So I have a last question on this. Um, that's helpful theology, and a g- good theology. But as you said, you started, <clears throat> as you said, you started out um, struggling, struggling, excuse me. Looking back, what helped you get from there to a healthier place um was it time was it experience yeah and the honest answer is time and the experience were were absolutely part of that journey but that second that second part of what i was just saying a second ago you you have the place where you do grieve with it and struggle with it but then you have to make a a choice choice to where you're going to turn your mind, mm-hmm. what you're going to set your mind on again and again and again. Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience mm-hmm. of Christ. We turn our minds towards those realities, and we put we let our minds stay there. We yeah. force our minds to stay there. Um, and I think as you do that over time and mm-hmm. with that experience, those two things, for me personally, now that might not work for everybody else, but for me personally, that's ultimately what mm-hmm. did it those three things time experience putting my mind in those places well, that's really helpful thanks for talking about that yep hey everybody this is jamie and joe again if you like this podcast would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcast that helps other people find it 
And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedew.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.